Hey guys, welcome to Some Assembly Required, the monthly, well, talk show that brings together members from the Australian podcasting community. I'm one of your hosts, Simon from Take My Tone. And this month, we have assembled Kieran from Explosion Network, Dane from Pushing Through Blue, and Ashley, also of Explosion Network. Some Assembly Required is our monthly roundtable podcast where members across the Australian podcast community get together with a random topic and discuss it amongst the Assembly. If you like that, be sure to follow Some Assembly Required over at dashgamer.com and all your podcast services. You can also follow at dashgamers on Twitter to find out when each episode drops. So we're going to start this episode, uh, the topic with Kieran uh, of Explosion Network. So what are we talking about this time? Um, my topic is really oddly well timed, considering how we were discussing like coming up with topics like a couple of weeks ago. Now, um, mine originally started with I've recently played through Days Gone, the PlayStation exclusive from last year, um, which I really loved and really enjoyed. And throughout playing it, being set in a zombie apocalypse, um, it made me think a lot about what in our world are we going to be without or is going to be removed from us in that kind of situation due to our need to evolve and extend advance technologically there's things like doors that are now being opened electronically we're now being more reliable on electricity through electric cars we're we're changing the way we do things to shape ourselves around electricity a lot more and more and other things that we're able to craft and create now um and it made me think about it a lot while we were while I was playing it. And now, in the last week, we've had everything happening with the coronavirus um, being kind of in full form. We've got uh, people in Australia, throughout Australia, just rampantly buying toilet paper, and toilet paper gate is on as we speak. Um, and it made me think, like, what things that we just use all the time, or things that is just so important to us. Are we just going to be without now because of either not having electricity and not having that production line anymore, as well as just because we've advanced so far as humanity can and we keep advancing to kind of embed embed ourselves more in technology? Um, I think I'll be happy to hear from you, Karen, first. Actually, you came up with the topic. So what, what do you feel like we could uh, do so without? It was... It was uh, what we can do without is... It's interesting when everything that is now, you know, everything, we're going to the point where, um, as I've said already, doors, like just simply opening a door is done electronically. So the fact that there could be buildings that are just closed off to us because doors are now locked in place and closed electronically and sealed via a lot more mechanical um, structures, it's just... It's insane, and and just bits and pieces like the way we eat food and the way we kind of consume food now. In in especially in Australia, it's going more and more towards when you walk into a supermarket. There's so much pre-prepared stuff. There's so much that is pre-prepared and there for you. We're moving so far away from natural goods and, and canned foods and things that will actually last us throughout that. Um, and 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 look, as as we mentioned just like before we started recording that. It's it's baffling all of us that toilet paper is the thing that people are reaching out to get when toilet paper is really nothing to do with what the coronavirus does to you currently. Toilet paper is such a, a thing that humanity has gotten used to that, you know, obviously it ha- toilet paper has only been around for such a small fraction of 
human existence. Could you imagine, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, even like even a little bit more than that, but suggesting to people, hey, we, you know, we have this thing called toilet paper that we use all the time. And, and, and just those kind of just having that information would people would be so confused about it. Um, I feel like we even, you know, up until the last, you know, turn of the century, we've really expedited our increasing amounts of technology in our homes and and what we used in day-to-day bits. In the game days gone, your main mode of transport is a motorcycle because motorcycles are quite easy to maintain. There's not that many bits and pieces in there. Um... It's 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 pretty basic to keep going. So, the more technology advances for us, the more we're going to lose out on if the time comes where such an event happens. Yeah, um, I know. I, th- I think instantly, I feel like anything entertainment related, you can just strip out. Um, so everyone's li- living, you know, living their lives with streaming music and TV. Um, I know that maybe you could argue that's a distraction from what could be going on in an apocalypse, but really, you know, internet's going to get cut. So that'll be one thing. Um, to be honest, we could actually do without toilet paper. (laughs) Um, you know, like everyone just go out and rush out and buy some bidets or like install a garden hose in your house. I don't know, but you know what I mean? There's uh, the, the mass hysteria and hype that we've seen with, toilet paper you realize you don't actually need it to live do you know what i mean um i don't know what else you guys think yeah i'm I'm one of those guys that just i don't get it i don't i when i first saw it i thought well okay i didn't even know where it was i thought it'd be somewhere like in i don't know some some place in northern territory some shop that's probably like a hundred thousand kilometers away from the next shop sort of thing but to go down to like the the coals and the woolies and, and see it firsthand you're just like why what what is going on when like toilet paper just becomes the go-to um it's crazy and like yeah you know and like you know it's developed over time as well and and now you look at it like i was saw someone share something um i think it was nine news it was showing something like you know new south wales man was tasered you know by police because he went into big w uh, or one of the stores trying to get um, toilet paper and he harassed one of the staff. And another one was like here in Brisbane, um, you know, everyone's worried about, you know, toilet paper supplies and so on. And, and one of the trucks here in Brisbane that was on the uh, the motorway um, you know, caught fire. And obviously, you know, that truck had to be carrying toilet paper. It's all a conspiracy and like all these things. Like yep. I just, I don't, I don't get it. But it was a fast and furious like heist and it went wrong. hundred percent. That's it. That's it. But like, yes. Yeah, and I come that I come from the point that like the first thing I did when I got home is, you know, did a head count. How many rolls do I have? Yep. I should be good. I'm very fortunate. I got a new bubs in the house. So worst case scenario, we turned to baby wipes. I, I load up on that. So I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy about the, um, the toilet paper. Oh, the other thing, just, just to, um, sort of sidestep on that one there. I sort of took this topic um, a different route. I sort of looked at it like what sort of technology that I rely on now that I guess if it did stop or, you know, for whatever reason, you know, just disabled, you know, like what, how would, how would that affect me or where I'd feel like it would affect me the most. And, and, and I guess the the big one for me that first came to my mind is Google maps. Um, I don't want to go back to Refidex. Am I showing my age? Do you guys, do you remember the Refidex? You know, anyone had that big massive booklet in their car trying to figure out A, B, page 29, take a left. Maybe if you're good at GTA. I know my 
I know my dad was obsessed with those. Like we would get him the new edition each year and he would be like super impressed by, oh, this, the, the ink in this one is so much darker and more readable than previous years. I'm like, wow, my dad has a massive roadmap. <laughs> yeah. <to it."> <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I just don't think, I don't think we could do it. I, I'm, I'm terrible at that and I don't want to go there. And it's just one of those ones where maybe it's like a millennial thing or looking at that, the earlier generation now just thinking, like I'm, I'm done if I have to use this. I'm, unless they can, as I said, unless they can pull out those GTA sort of skills and, and work it out themselves. I don't know. The other, the other, the other um, point that I was going to mention is that um, probably in the last six to six to seven months, I discovered and I was late to it. Um, Apple Pay. So like I am at first, I was like, you know, I just got a new phone. I set it up on Apple Pay. I'm and I was on, um, you know, uh, the tap and go previous to that but I'm, I'm i live a cashless society hey like my my mm, wallet yeah. never carries 100 percent. my wallet never carries coins or notes or anything like that and that you know and that gets me when i go to bunnings i always get stitched up because i know i should be carrying coins i want the sausage but i don't have it any in the car <laughs> and they still haven't built a system which i would and i complain that, about it that is on them they that, should have one of those like square things. Oh, there, <laughs> you know? that is a, that is opening it's up another a- conversation itself. The whole Bunnings, how they should system do that. I digress. I mean, that would like double their income oh. if they did. <laughs> just something. Even if they, even if I could just get cash out, if I could get cash out of Bunnings, hey, I just want five bucks. I'm gonna go spend it out there. You know, if it's a win-win. Anyway, so like, yeah, that, I, that is not a terrible business idea. You get one of those those ATMs, like, and they like park it in front of the Bunnings. Like mm. in the car park, yeah. On a Saturday or Sunday. To to be like honest, in, in this in that ATM situation, piece. in this situation, I actually feel most sorry for homeless people because they're asking for change. It's like I literally, I'm sorry, like I'm not trying to be mean or a dick, but I literally have no nothing I can give you. Mm. Do you know well, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, how, how about <laughs> in this scenario, no one's gonna have any access to like cashless stuff that you'll need cash in this society. Oh, exactly. I I guess I just meant just, just think, is, thinking yeah, on I mean, that line. Yeah, currently, you know. Currency will change completely. Like it won't be cash anymore. There'll be something else. Like in Fallout series, you have bottle caps, or there'll be some kind of <laughs> or toilet paper system, or toilet paper. You know, you'll yep, be squares you'll of be toilet paper, dividing squares or like quartering them, maybe just in case you've got to give out some change to somebody. Um, It'd be like that. Uh, I think is it. Remember Waterworld. How like he just had all those currencies and the currencies were just whatever commodities that you could find. Obviously, the the dirt was the greatest, and we'll end up like that. We'll all live on the sea and uh, or under the sea, under the sea. But, and then we will just use whatever <laughs> currency we can find. Shells. So it'll just be like um, what uses shells? <laughs> no. Which is it's amazing that like even just thinking about it, we're so tied to currency when currency is a man-made invention. Like it's not something oh, I know. <laughs> it's 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 a man-made convention that has uh, has come out during our history that we need some form of currency. That currency is important. When I feel like during you know, if we resort to this, it's going to end up in like trading systems, like trading stuff like fuel and drinkable water and just stuff like that. It's going to go that direction. Mm. Um, I always wondered with the whole money scenario, you know, man-made invention. In the case of like a worldwide, you know, apocalypse or whatever, could all, uh, I'm saying all countries agree as if that ever happens before, but could everyone just agree to let's wipe every single debt possible just to let human race survive? Like well, it's best chance of survival. Just a reset. Debt doesn't exist. Debt doesn't exist anymore in it because the moment this happens and we lose stuff like the internet, we've been the most connected version of the human race ever. 
Like, we have everything in the palm of our hands. If something happens across the other side of the world, mm. it, it appears on our phones. It tells us. Mm. There's a chance that during the situation, we just lose all connection with everything outside of our little bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I guess, I, I guess one, maybe one of the upsides of the apocalypse was that people actually get a decent dose of, uh, you know, vitamins from the, from the sun because they're actually <laughs> one day, disconnected. Yeah. So they're going to set outside to, uh, to survive and to connect with people. Um, that wouldn't that be quite ironic, I think. Yeah. I think just anything high end, like even clothes and that kind of thing, that no one's going to be caring in an apocalypse what kind of clothes you're going to be wearing. If if your pants and your sh- or your sh- socks and shoes match, um, any sort of entertainment stuff. But uh, from a zombie apocalypse line where I was thinking, I think the first thing that would probably go is hospitals. Because there there would be death traps. <laughs> Oh, and like you've seen that many, you know, Walking Deads and the like, where yeah, the hospital is what is riddled with you know there's piles of zombies behind a door or something trying to yeah. surge their way through. So absolutely, and that was like I remember when um, it's not a zombie based thing, but when the all the fires were happening, you had that guy, um, that pharmacist who'd lost his entire home and everything, but he was giving people the mm. the the medicine yeah, stuff yeah. that they needed and said it, it's all right just pay me later when you can sort of scenario yeah, and that was a great just story, doing yeah. it oh it was such a great story and i'm just thinking like that like we there's a slight mention of toilet roll and people are raiding shelves for toilet paper and it's not even remotely a zombie apocalypse can you imagine what it would be like with the shelf raiding if there actually was <sighs> yeah we also risk losing things like um, medical professions, like just like higher end medical knowledge, because you have no control over what people we're going to lose in this situation. And people with those high level skills, like your engineers, your doctors, they're le- they're, there is a smaller percentage of them in the world mm. where we might get to the point where it's going to be a struggle to find a doctor. Or it'll be a struggle to find somebody who knows what to do with a car, like mechanically. Yeah. It's, um, That's an interesting it, point too, because like if it all goes down, then your occupation may be the key to your survival. And by that, I mean, whatever trade like you do can determine, you know, your new hierarchy. It's almost like you, the reset of the hierarchy of your occupation then resets. And then that new world, so to speak, then determines like how you fit. You might have an occupation that... You know, might be necessary now, um, but, you know, when it all goes down, you're like, well, fuck, we don't have to worry about, you know, the garbage man or like all these other services, plumbing, you know, things like that. But, you know, everyone's just taking on different occupations. Like as you mentioned, like, you know, with your, your hospitals and your, your engineers and your doctors and things like that, maybe that becomes more of a forefront or anything that you can, you know, a trades associate sort of thing. Um, mm. Yeah. So that'd I, be interesting. I'd be like, um, you know, run into, you know, there's a frantic um, community. I'll be like, it's okay, guys. I'll design a, a poster to get us out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll design a poster. It'll make you all calm. It'll tell you to calm down. <laughs> Stay calm. <laughs> Zombies can't get in here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. I've, a very good... I always love topics like this. It's sort of like, what if, you know, it's like, what if you're stuck on an island scenario? Um, and... Yeah, I am just trying to think of what else in terms of that we'd actually... It's not, it's not so much what would we do without, it's like what are the core things we actually would need. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it always comes down to food and drinkable water. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we've already covered the sort of medicinal, uh, yeah, emergency services type thing. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. 
is anybody surprised that we haven't seen, especially with our current situation, with stuff like this, normally one of the first things to get absolutely screwed over by the situation is, like, fuel. Is, like, petrol and diesel. Is people rushing to Mm. these kinds of... Rushing to petrol stations and just filling up jerry cans and just loading themselves up on petrol. Or the price, like, goes skyrockets. Oh, exactly. Uh, The thing is, because, you know, say... Yeah, Australia gets the majority of its oil for the petrol from, say, other countries. I think if the coronavirus was happening there, then that's when the fuel shortage scare would come in. Whereas we've currently mm. got this sort of perceived thing of all the toilet paper comes from China. And that's where, you know, so I think it's, yeah, it all, the panic is coming from the, the source location um, in this instance. So, yeah, I would expect... Um, yeah, something like something like the fuel thing would be say it's like oh um, there's a huge coronavirus outbreak in the Middle East or you know wherever they get their oil from so yeah um, scary stuff that's having a lack of fuel for transportation is a lot scarier than a lack of toilet paper in my mind yeah hundred percent I know you can always ride a bike but you can't <laughs> there's only so many things you wipe your ass with I'll just say, I reckon, I reckon we we would survive a zombie apocalypse, like as a as like a world. I think we could overcome it because we've like we've mm-hmm. made so many movies and we've come up with but so we many don't ideas know, about like, how to exactly handle what the situation. The thing is, I mean, yeah. it's knowing it's knowing which zombie apocalypse version we need to reference from. Like, uh, are they fast yeah. zombies? Are they are slow they like zombies? Hyper strong? Yeah. Or are they super? Sl- yeah, exactly. I just is there going to be? Yeah, if it's fast zombies with the combination of when someone dies, they turn straight into a zombie, then we're fucked. Mm. But any other one, I feel like you could probably solve but or work around. Even then, you never know about the potential for the infection to evolve into something else. Like, you see that kind of, that hyper-real one where they start having different versions of zombies come out. Then we're like, if it goes, like, Left to Dead, Left for Dead ways where there's... Like massive freaking tank-like creatures coming at us. You just you just kind of get to a point where we're like, yeah, we're screwed. Like, if it's Walking Dead, I think we're okay. If it's Walking Dead zombies, we're fine. Hmm. But people died in that, so are we actually fine? <laughs> we, I mean, we're more fine. The majority got, will be fine. <laughs> because Walking Dead teaches you that the zombies aren't the problem; it's other humans. <laughs> <laughs> the other humans are the problem really but in that, that honestly is, is actually true because when you're thinking about you know there's that story that uh just recently i think it came out yesterday that there was a a woolies in Parramatta or something and i had to get the aisle had to get closed off by police and some dude was there defending the last role with a knife yeah i heard that too like, that. <laughs> yeah. <Far out. laughs> like come on yeah <laughs> And it's it's just so crazy to think of, and and you've got to. I think as soon as we, if we can survive the initial wave of it, I think you're good, right? As long as you survive the initial wave of the zombie apocalypse, you survive the chaos before somebody decides, hey, this is what's going on. This is how we need to deal with it. Mm. You you're okay. Yeah. You can survive and get used to it and kind of adapt to the situations. A zombie or a thing. It's just that mass hysteria point that. You know, it could be the biggest problem is going to be the biggest point where we lose people. Yeah, I think I think one of my fears as well is that even like this toilet toilet paper debacle that's taught us is just like 
like I'd like to know, like like when this is all done and dusted, and we finally got toilet paper back, and we're all living life on on the throne. I'd like to just someone to just like okay, <laughs> let's recap this. It'll have to be an ABC to actually tell us the truth, but it'll like it'll have to just to look at this to say like this is how this happened, and like what has this taught us? You know, everyone needs to calm their farm and stop like relying so heavily on whatever it is that started it, whether it's the mass media or anything like that. And, like, just be mindful of it. Because, like, if if shit goes down, like, if it all goes down with zombies and all the rest of it in the apocalypse, then, you know, and we're all, we're throwing this out here. It's just, like, how, like, you rely on, you know, you rely on social media, you rely on the internet, you rely on the media. You know, that's what the media is supposed to do for in the forefront of mm. it, is to inform you of these things, you know, the important news, you know, not the fluff. Well, but, that's, that's actually going to be a very um, interesting through line that we'll touch on in Ashley's topic mm. at the end. I think uh, how, how media serves what you're supposed to believe uh, per se. But yeah, I think um, just the only last thing I can think of is in terms of, oh, we've seen all these, yeah, as Kieran said, we've seen all these different games and movies and stuff. Um, or, you know, as Ashley said, sorry, uh, we can survive. This would be super, super tough um, probably to even discuss. But how would you feel about the idea of, okay, if you're a pet owner and the idea of like your dog barking, it gives away your location sort of scenario it attracts attention mm. how would people go around the whole like they'd have to put their pets down sort of scenario like it's really sort of messed up it's like at what point does your own survival kick in that someone would do that for me i don't see it as my own survival i see it as i don't want them being eaten alive i don't want anything yeah so you like do it humanely rather i would than, do it yeah. humanely because you know, if it at the end of the day, you're gonna run out of food sources, and then it's just not gonna have a good quality of life anymore. Mm, mm. You know, I'd rather, you know, have it go out or like to to go to sleep at an earlier point where it still thinks it's got a very good life. It hasn't, you know, been through any stress or trauma, and it's good. Like just 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 to kind of deal with it it means i don't have to go through any situations like will smith does and i am legend oh yeah that's mm. that's so hard to watch um exactly i, I just think it's more that's of the a first thing i thing thought of do. when you said that yeah mm. exactly um i mean I'll, I'll be okay i've got a um not fully sized python to defend me so um i'll be all right i'll, I'll I mean, it'll just scare the zombies, zombies away too. Yeah. that'd be good <laughs> yeah i mean all those fish in those fancy aquariums are going like straight away Oh yeah, someone, someone, someone pours ink in it, you know, uncut gem style, sort of thing. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Bloody <laughs> hell! Okay, well, uh, that was a very odd death-induced ending, but mm. I think we can switch it over. Well, speaking of pets, actually, here comes Dane oh. to discuss our personal pet peeves. Well played, Simon. So, oh, Dane. Pet peeves. Anyway. Pet peeves, and I'm not talking about my own pets. <laughs> um, so, I guess inspired by uh, a couple of tweets, Brendan White, uh, shout out to Brendan from the 8-Bit Collective. Um, yeah, he's, he's sending out a few tweets at the moment, uh, randomly, about uh, things that he doesn't like, things that he can't stand, mm. which I thought, that's pretty interesting, because I think we're, you know, we, I think we can all admit, we all have our own pet peeves, we have things that sort of grind our gears, and immediately when we see someone doing it, or we see, you know, it happening, we think, oh, no, not again, or, you know, it just really gets to us, you know, whether it's, you know, as simple as someone like, you know, not washing their hands when they go to the bathroom, or even someone who has the audacity to, you know, put it 
butter on a peanut butter sandwich. Um, everyone's got their little things, and I'm and I'm and I want to and I want to take a you know a bit of an opportunity to have a bit of a vent, have a bit of a healthy vent because it's it's been that sort of week, you know, a lot of things going on. A lot of us don't have toilet paper, and we need to we need to relax a little bit. So I um, wanted to throw it out there, um, get people's opinions and perspectives on some of your pet peeves, and see uh, also if. Uh, they attract or react with each other. See what I did there? So yes, I yes. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'll, Ashley, I'll happily, Karen, I'll happily take it. I'll Karen, take go. It, I've, been, go. I've been thinking about this and I'm like, you know what? There's a couple of things. And I think I haven't realized these things since um, until I moved out into a place with a housemate. And that's when I developed an understanding of a lot of things mm. that, I, that frustrate the shit out of me. Um, but my biggest one, and I'm sorry if they're listening. You know, it was just, and I kept it myself. I never bitched about it in the house. But they had their method of doing washing up was they would just kind of leave it to the left of the sink and let it all gather up until pretty much all the plates and all the cutlery was out and then wash it and then repeat. Mm, And so I'd get to the point, I'd get to the point where, so every morning they would have Vegemite on toast. And instead of doing the smart thing or the normal thing where you just keep washing the same knife and using that again or washing your stuff up as you're using it, every day they would get a different knife out of the drawer and make their Vegemite on toast. So by the end of the week, there would just be almost every single knife on the side oh. with with Vegemite on So it. that's been sitting there all week? It's been sitting there all oh week. Oh my goodness. It, it, for and me, if it's sitting there for longer than two hours, I'd be flipping it. Like, I just, and it's just triggering where it was just quite, honestly, it was just the point where I just didn't want to go into the kitchen. Mm. Like the kitchen did not feel like it was mine, even though I was sharing the house because there was just like, just this, this, this growing pile of just crap, just there. And you, and you know, you'd see, I got to the point where I was like, I'm not, you know, you do you, whatever. I'm just not going to use it. Um, but like, there'd be points where there'd be like ants in the plates. And it's oh, just no. like, yeah, it's not good. Because no. they're, they're not cleaning up the plates properly. And it's like, it's just, it's just so frustrating. It was just something I've never known. Like, living, like, I now live by myself. And it's just so, it's so nice and refreshing that I just don't have to deal with those minor frustrations or random things um, that used to happen. Another, like, one that used to be, used to make Ashley laugh a lot was they used to play a game. <laughs> and every time they played one particular game, they would, like, rage and yell at the top of their voice. And you could, so like where I, my computer was, was separated by, I think a wall, a large kitchen space, another wall. And then it was over the other side of the room. And even when the door was closed, I could see like we were recording podcasts. The pot, my mic was picking up there yelling like, perfectly. Oh, wow. and it was just so triggering and just so just not having and eventually they stopped playing the game so that stopped but i was like man just 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 you know just just relax a little bit or just it's good to hear they got that. clean as well it's good to hear they got clean as well oh okay thanks ashley thanks <laughs> <laughs> just saying <laughs> man that would drive me crazy yeah i I actually never got the chance to have uh, uh, housemates per se. Like the first time I moved out was with girlfriend at the time who became my wife sort of thing. So I never, so you have that, which I think is a a different dynamic because Mm. you're sort of like, you're probably more forgiving, but also more honest because there's the idea of like being like mates with your, you know, particularly if if your friend you're living with is, is a guy, there's kind of that thing of like, they don't want to 
tell each other that sort of stuff. So, and you just kind of hold it in, which is very much probably even translates back to a lot of the stuff that Dane might even discuss on his show about just guys generally just not expressing what they're actually thinking and just holding it in and being like, no, it'll be fine. Mm. And like, I think that even comes down to, yeah, the fact that you had all these things that you're telling me on this show right now and it's making me feel stressed and I'm not even the person that lived it, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, oh, I think what I would have done is I would have pulled out the tenant agreement and be like, oh, hey, mate, so you see there's actually meant to be two people living here and not 10,000 <laughs> because the other nine nine thousand nine hundred and ninety eight are ants. So, um, I guess yeah, we, we might want to rectify that. My thing was always, you know, I was very aware there was probably things that I did that I wasn't aware of that annoyed them. And they had every right to their house to treat it as they wanted it. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Just let it. Just let it. Yeah, I know, Ash. I know. But I, just in my brain, especially <laughs> at the point, at the point where I was getting most frustrated about it was the same point that I was like, I'm just moving out as soon as the lease is over. So at the same time, I was like, I'm just going to deal with it for another six months and then I'm over it and I don't care anymore. Mm. Yeah. I'm similar to Simon. Like I've, I've only lived with one other person outside of my wife. Um, and that was for a short period of time and it was in an apartment. So it's not like a massive house where you've got like huge amounts of rooms or multiple rooms where you can sort of, I don't know, divide and conquer sort of thing. But this was, um, it was like a, I was thinking I lived with this, lived with this uh, person for about six months. I can't remember how I found them. Similar age, maybe younger. Um, and there's certain things that you don't realize about yourself until you actually, well, I found that just learning for myself is that until I actually look, until I actually lived with someone else is when I started thinking or like picking up things about myself. Like I didn't really know how much of a clean person or clean freak I was, you know, with obviously, you know, use a cup, put a cup away, or even just things like, you know, that, yeah, you know, you might ingrain through your teachings of you know your parents and things like that. Like I remember, geez, I remember way back when like, uh, dad would like, if I'd leave like dishes in the sink, you know, he'd, um, and he'd be like, Oh, you're not going to leave that there. Or, you know, like who's going to do those ones, but like, and things like that just get into your brain. And so, but it's only until mm. like, maybe when you're sharing space that like you become more aware of like a, your own personal space, but two also about like, well, I feel like I'm making an effort to make sure everything's clean and tidy for the both of us. And then if they step out of line and then just having those conversations with them is really difficult. Like, I don't know, like, so yeah, six months, six months was when I was living with someone. I th I'd be very, very hard to try to do it again. Not ever have to do that again. Um, now I just, I just, hopefully. I share a kid. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Unless <laughs> it all goes very, very wrong. I mean, you just didn't jinx it right Yeah, now. no, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, now I just live with three kids and my wife and my dog and everything else. So it's beautiful. So... Um, so, Dan, do you have uh, any others in particular or yeah. Ashley? Or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I look, to, to run through my, like, my biggest one, and the kids love this. The kids love pointing this out in the car. They think <laughs> it's the funniest thing yeah. to rattle up dad when they see it. And I don't know if you guys see it. Maybe I just see it a lot. Maybe it's a Gold Coast thing. I'm not sure. But passengers in the front seat of cars bare feet up on dashboards. Do you guys ever see this? <laughs> yeah, I don't I get yeah, it. I, I, it's called my wife. Oh, oh, don't, don't. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? I don't, yeah. I don't understand it. And it just gets me going, why? Every time. And my kids love to point it out to me. There's another one. There's another one. And the only thing <laughs> I can imagine over the years is just that, like, and I've never asked someone, so maybe that's, that's on me, but like, why have you got your feet up? Is it because your feet are hot? 
Like, what is it because you want them out? It's, and next it's... level is out the window. That just gets, that is just, <laughs> that is to me, is just, nah. We've got to just is speed just... up. So it's not like a safety thing. You don't see them and be like, "It's not safety." Crash, you are it's- so screwed. It's just a general not because I think like I would never do it, but I think maybe it's just because they like to stretch out and they don't like having their legs bent for so long. They like to like kind of be in that position a little bit. I don't. But- I don't know what it is. I honestly, I don't know whether it's a cleanly <laughs> thing. I don't. I have no idea. I just can't stand it. Just like I can't <laughs> lick a paddle pop stick. And I can't do it. Just what? <laughs> I cannot. I, can- I love how that was like the direct. Like that's next step that's that like came from feet up on dashboards. Yeah, that's that's my. Oh, there's things about me I can't do. People putting feet up on on dashboards, and I can't lick a paddle pop stick. The wood flat. Wait, 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 wait. We need to. We need here. to break this so down. If you're having like a, if you're having like an ice cream. No, you lick ta- it all the way to the bottom? Or no, no, I'm talking like-, like any sort of paddle pop or magnum that's got that rough uh, stick. Wood stick, I yeah. cannot do it. Like, you should see me when I eat this ice cream. I'm When I get close to it, I'm chewing the shit out of this thing. So I don't, my, my <laughs> tongue does not hit that paddle pop stick. And I'm hoping that someone will resonate with me on this. <laughs> How do you ever actually finish it? Though? Oh, I chew it. So like, I, I, I turn it around. So like, I'm chewing this thing. Um, I'm t- no, but so, so your teeth are, t- are going to touch the stick, right? Oh, that's okay. As long as my tongue doesn't it's touch just the your stick. Tongue. Okay. So and my- just don't like the sensation of nah. it on your tongue. And my, my wife no, just like, grabs the paddle pop stick. She goes, oh, this, this. So what happens when you go to like a doctor and they pull out the classic big fat? Oh, it is the worst. 100% worst. Nah, it's the worst. And Rach, I can see my wife in the corner when she's with me and they're doing it. She's like, yes. But it's, yeah. I'll, I'll. I'll make you feel better. It's like the similar to I've got a weird thing about like sponges, like you know, like a car washing sponge. Oh yeah. Where for oh, whatever I do reason, to a level, to a level. Yep, yeah. I know. Whatever exactly what reason, you mean. whenever oh. I touch one, and this is where it gets weird, and this is where you can start making fun of me. No fun. Is oh, whenever no you, judgment. You can. Whenever no, I touch you get weirder it, than Dame with the whole. I'll take that. <laughs> Someone put up their hand. Who's listening? Reach out to me. Help me. I out. can't imagine. I uh, some reason I imagine myself. Like biting into the sponge. Oh, and just, wow! Oh, I'm, I'm eating this yeah, thing. No, no. Yeah, no, no. Mm, that's why I was, I mean, it's it's really weird. Like, oh, no, I, right dude, now? dude, no judgment. Karen, we are we are celestial twins in that instance. <laughs> there you go. Like, even like, I didn't write my, it down, but I fully understand what you mean. <laughs> like, even right now, talking about it and imagining, oh. imagine like, my go jaw tight is and, so tense right now. That's like, how it is. My fingers, I'm touch, I'm, I'm really, I'm stiffening. My hands up oh. in preparation from this. <laughs> That's um, too actually, funny. no. My, my my um, then next step from that is I hate the feeling of the underside of a terracotta pot. You know that raw. Oh what? yeah, yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah very specific. specific. So you know you got the smooth yeah. side, and then underneath it's that raw one. It's like if that rubs against the top of like your fingers or whatever, yep. I just cringe so much. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I feel that. I can't do chalkboards either, so I can't do, I can't oh, do chalkboards. It's, it's that exact type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah I can't yeah, do that. Exactly. Can't do that. Um, Ashley, what about yourself? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've got anything compared to that. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> as I get older, I just feel like other people's impatience is the yeah. thing that yeah. annoys me the most. Yeah. Um, Like, especially, like, I work in retail, so I feel like, and specifically a news agency, I mm. feel like in society, the one place where you think you're allowed to go and, like, just dump your money on the counter and take what you want is, like, a newspaper. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't, like, I don't understand why people believe, think that's an acceptable thing anymore. Like, you don't go into Coles and you go see a $2 
loaf of bread and you go to the counter and just chuck two dollars at the person and then run off. Just peg it I at mean, them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's freaking crazy. And then, like, people just being upset about customer service and that kind of thing. Mm. Just watching people like get upset that oh no, the your order didn't get come in in like five minutes or whatever. Um, that that frustrates me. Just to piggyback off that one there, one thing that frustrates me, like when I'm buying coffee and people ordering, whether they're ordering food or coffee, I see it probably more like ordering coffee, people on their phones and they can't take a minute to like put their phone down and like, you know, I'll call you back or just get off your phone to order food. Like, I don't know whether it's because I, you know, I work in Brisbane city, but like just, just people just like get off your phone. Like, you know, people and like to the point there where like some cafes have got signs like, Hey, take a minute, get off your phone, order your coffee, then you can get back on your phone. You know, it's all going to be good. Um, and then the other the other thing, like we mentioned retail, because I used to work in retail. One of the things, oh, one of the things that used to get me up, and like I'd get it once a day. And you know, if anyone works in retail, and actually you might feel this too, like someone comes yeah. up with something that doesn't have a price on it, and they go, "Oh, no price, oh. must be free." Like, and you're like, <laughs> "You're so yeah. clever." <laughs> Little things like that, like, um, like even today, uh, no, it's not today. So, like in the industry that I work in now, um, I do a lot for with investments, and the amount of times that I've spoken to clients this week and going, "Oh, I should have invested in toilet paper," like, just like, "Oh, it's just a different version." Yeah. But um, but yeah. <laughs> what about you, Mind you though, I I was that like ridiculously smug customer when once I went into a Specsavers, got um got my glasses and that, went to go hand over the script, and the lady had multiple ones on the table, and she went to go process it for payment. She's like, she's sort of fumbling around. She's like, oh, which one is it? I'm like, you should have gone to Specsavers. Oh. Like she couldn't see which oh. one to pull, and everyone in the line was like, Ugh. can I can I can I just say on that one there, one of the I, I assume you get that a lot, Simon. Oh yeah, yes. One <laughs> one of the things that my wife has, has picked out, she's given me a few of her own um, pet peeves for me because you know she's she's amazing. One of them, Dane. <laughs> <laughs> two, two two things here. One. When we cross the street, and I don't know if anyone does this, so please help me out just with the pad, like the paddle pop thing, is that when pushing the button to cross the street, right? I know you can just have to push it once, but I push it three times. Oh, every dude, time. I did same thing. Three times like, every I, time. And I know it I know it has no It has no effect. I know this. But you feel yeah. like you're giving, Don't it, you the, giving it the best. It could have possible. an effect. Oh, in my mind, yeah. I think it does have an effect. Right. And then my wife just goes, Why do you push it three times? It only takes the one time. Um, oh, dude, you should see the ones in America. You press them and they go, wait. They speak back at you. Oh, you do press they? Them and it's like tell, cool. almost like in a really terse American, like robotic voice, like, wait. I'm like, oh, what? The, uh, uh, okay, then. And then it just never actually lets me across. <laughs> you just have to jaywalk your way through the city. It's crazy. Um, the other ones are the, um, and we were watching, what were we watching last night? Oh, we were watching the um, uh, Merit of First Sight. And like, we watch it on that 10 plus. So it's always the same ads. Like there's there's, there's yes. three lots of ads, same ad every time. So I don't know why I don't know why any of the free to air TV streaming services, you know, the ones that have ads like that, don't haven't got around the fact that they need to serve different ads. Oh yeah, yeah, and so like you, it's it's ruining the effect of the ad. I understand. Like you're pissed off at the ad um, by the end. Yeah. No, you could just get more money because you're selling more ads to more companies. Very true. But with this one here, like anyway, one of the one of the <laughs> one of the ads, like it just says, like I don't know, I think it's like uh, Energex or something, and like it goes through this ad anyway, and then it has this point at the end where it goes, "Take care," and it has a pause, and then it goes on to say something else. But every time, I don't know why it's marketing and it's invested in my brain, tattooed there somewhere, but I have to say, <laughs> "Gunye," 
And so every time his ad comes on, Eric just says, take care. And I'm like, done yet. And I just say it. It's just one of those things that I just say. And my wife goes, fire. And like the other night, we were just watching it and it just kept coming up. And I like just just laughing at myself because I knew I was restraining myself to say it. But every time if there's a pause and someone says, take care, done yet. It's um, like I have, I have a mental thing that if I can, if I hear it, if I hear what somebody has said fits into a song lyric, I will automatically sing the rest of the song lyric yep. or hum the rest of the tune yep. because my brain is just hardwired into do it for no yes. reason at all. Mm. Yeah. Um, I have a few work-related um, pet peeves that, especially one, I work in uh, IT and I do a service desk. And we get calls, and you get calls from people all the time where you'll give them the answer to their question, and they don't like the answer that you gave them, so they reword the question a different way, <laughs> hope for a different expecting answer. you to answer it differently and give them the answer you want. So a couple-minute phone call will expand to 20 minutes because they'll do it multiple times in the phone call. Mm. And be and you can be like, look, I'm not. no matter how many times you ask me, I'm not giving you a different answer. Like, this is the answer... You're getting, and the other but, one I've only. But my screen other... is black, Kieran. Oh, the the other, the other pet peeve I get is I've only recently got this. Is I've got I've never worked until since I've of, of which I recognize myself as an adult now. Since because I previously worked at McDonald's. Now that I'm actually a full working adult, I've never worked with somebody I would perceive as younger than me until very recently, and just the way this person speaks. And their attitude to work just just trigger me instantly. Mm. Like the way that they ask me anything, or like it, even just them if I'm like doing something, and they'll try and give me help, but they won't actually <laughs> offer any help. They'll try. They'll just be like, "Have you done this thing?" And it's like the most basic first step thing that you everybody does anyway. And it's just so frustrating. I'm like, I understand you're trying to help, but don't. Please don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. Like, mm. like, come on, like, please. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like that you're maybe, you know, Qui Gon, and that's like a little baby Anakin coming up to you, being like, "Have you tried oh this?" God. Like, you tried because I know how much you love the child actors in Star Wars films. Look, don't. It's not pod racing, okay? You're in a spaceship <laughs> flying through the air. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm good. Sorry, Simon. Why'd mm. you make me relive that? That's weird. Uh, no, because is, uh, it's one of your pet peeves. <laughs> it is. It is very much a pet peeve when, uh, um, when we were watching Star Wars films. One of my major pet peeves, and it actually comes down to more of a psychological condition, is I have misophonia really, really badly, and that is defined as a disorder in which certain sounds trigger emotional or physiological responses that some might perceive as unreasonable given the circumstance. Those who have misophonia might describe it as when a sound drives you crazy. Their reactions can range from anger and annoyance to panic and the need to flee, and my misophonia is triggered by eating noises, mm. and I legit get... L actual anger and, and panic I start to, I like I cover my ears I like I'll start humming I'll try to make noise to block it out or I'll just leave just go to a different location C can I um, can I ask is it the eating of a banana it's the eating of most things but if but but if the <laughs> but if the eating involves like wet ingredients like a banana then that's definitely worse yeah I find that the banana has this like distinct sound if someone chews on a banana with their mouth open. Like, I reckon if it's in a dark room and someone's chewing on a banana like that, I reckon you could point it out to them. That's it. Okay. 
this is dead serious. Yeah. We'll sit down and, you know, the kids are in bed. Wife and I were sit, sitting down, you know, seats are next to each other. And she's got a, got a dinner ready. I've got mine. What do you want to watch? Yes, we do literally say that. Uh, name of a, what, what a very good uh, podcast you can listen to on Xbox <laughs> Network. A, um, a, we'll say that <laughs> with Netflix. And, and if we'd taken that little bit too long to find something and she started eating her dinner, I legit just like, I have to, I have to get out of there or I start, I legit am just, I'll start to panic. I'll start to be, okay, got to do something. Got to, got to hit play now. Got to, I'm like, don't start eating. Don't start eating until there's enough noise from the TV. It's, it's, it's something I can't actually control. Like I genuinely feel like I are need you, to do something straight away. Wow, okay. To are you it. okay in situations like food courts and stuff where there's lots of people talking or and lots restaurants. of around? And, oh no, and talking, and talking is totally fine. You know, I'll go yep. to, I'll go to live shows with shitloads of people and it, all that noise is fine. It's specifically it's, eating yeah. or drinking. But as long as there's, if there's that noise around, does it hide that enough? Or do you have like acute enough hearing that it just picks it up no matter how loud everything else oh no i listened to enough full volume discman growing up that i've kind of probably damaged my hearing so it's not that acute (laughs) relatable Um, but um yeah a a particular example is there's this lady at work that always likes to eat her yogurt out of a cup with a spoon and she feels the need to make as much noise as possible to get every single last bit out of that cup yeah yeah okay and that i'm just literally just like what what are you doing just I, I would rather you drop the spoon and start tonguing <laughs> that cup. And at least it would be quieter. Wow. It'd look like a psycho doing it, but it would I be have, quieter. I have the opposite to you, whereas um, I'm sometimes like hyper aware of myself in a situation where, like, like recently I was taking a bag of chips to work because I had like a box of chips here of just like a special variety of chips. But my office is really quiet, so anytime I would eat them at my desk. I'd be like super highly aware of just every single like bite that the chip is making that I don't even know if it's that loud, but to me, it just feels like it's that loud. Yeah, because you can hear it in your ears. You can hear it from your head. And it's literally the cinema scenario. Like, you know, there's like a very tense, quiet scene and no one wants, you know, unless you're just obnoxious, no one wants to just start chewing. It's kind of like you, you become very aware of how much noise you're making, yeah. which is precisely why I finish all my popcorn before the movie starts. Okay. Because I was going to ask, that was going to be my question, just regards to like the, the cinema. Obviously, everyone chewing through the food or starting at least the food before the movie starts. So you're all good there. Like even just like the screen's not on, it's just got the music going, people chewing up the popcorn and all the rest of it. You're absolutely fine. But you've got to, you've got to chew through your popcorn first, yeah? Right. Yeah, and, and I just hate the scenario of people that are like taking too long to open their packet of Maltesers. Uh, okay. you know, extra crinkling. Yep. I'm like, no. just fucking open yeah. it. Seriously, like you just yep. want to just slap them across the back of their head. Yeah, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Yeah, everything's <laughs> got to be open before the movie starts. Yep, yep. You but, just uh, yeah, get it I, open. Yeah, but it just depends. It's just hard. It just... Sometimes it's like sealed <laughs> so well, you're like, man, you're really sealing in the freshness here, guys. Like, come on. Oh, yeah, man. I need some scissors. I need some pliers. Uh, I don't know what for. Yeah, but. It's, or just that person that's forever just sipping the end of their frozen Coke because there's that tiny little scarab. Like, I, I, I think that- part of it to me, like, it come, to me it comes across as this unnatural level of greed, even though the person's not being greedy. Like, they're just finishing it, but it's almost like, oh, I have to get every last little bit. I have to get maximum value. Mm. I'm like, that I shit mean- costs, that would be worth, like, a, a quarter of a cent. Like, yeah. Uh, but kids yeah, in Africa don't have the little bit of frozen coke, so you don't want to waste it. <laughs> well, there you go. 
So they're doing their bit for society. But um, one thing which is very much from a graphics perspective is I hate, hate professional websites, big brands and stuff where they've got logos or graphical elements that are not high DPI friendly. It's freaking <laughs> 2020. <laughs> if you are a multi-billion dollar corporation and you have a blurry logo, like get out of here. Like, I, I don't even want to know you. Like you, you could not figure that out. Just give me some fresh SVG, okay? And I know that probably might sound like a completely nerdy graphics thing, but no, it's got to be professional. It's got to be professional. Do, do you find like the common person would pick that out, Bart? Like, do you, would you show your wife this and say, can you notice the difference between left and right? Do you reckon she'd pick it out? Uh, no, she would have no <laughs> She would just scroll past <laughs> yeah. it. So oh, yeah, I'll start on. reading the content. Keen Whereas eye. for me, I'm like, this is, the logo is like the first thing you're going to see. It's in the top of the site. It's got to be as fresh as possible. Yeah. It's like it's not like they just introduced you know the first Retina display last year. This stuff's been around for years. It's like get with it, you know. Yeah. No, I feel you. It's um. Yeah, and and much along those lines for me, it's the same with like a, a lazy or unprofessionally formatted business emails. Mm. It's like people that have haven't realised that the font has changed three times throughout the email because they've copy and pasted paragraphs. Oh yeah. It's like just get it consistent, you know. Can I can I also say because that just reminded me of something when back in back in the day like back in the day my wife was very much into Home and Away um, and there used to be this one character like I used to watch it in the sidelines just I'm like I'm I'm sitting in the sidelines watching um, what are we talking about uh, the um, Married at First Sight and um, and what, the one character that used to give me the shits because they used to always say appreciate and I used to say it's oh, it's bloody appreciate yeah. and like what really grind my gears is that I would like then. After like a couple of years of being in the background listening to this thing, I would start saying, "Oh no, oh, awesome! I appreciate that." And I'll be like, "No, like, yeah, no, get no. it out of here, get it out of my vocabulary." Hate. And like, but I would pick myself up as soon as I'd say it. But like, yeah, things like that, I'd just be like, "Oh, hey, um, hey, Ashley, what's that movie that's coming out? June, D U N E? Yeah, June, June, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly <laughs> yeah. not June. Really. <laughs> it's, it's June. Yeah, it's June. Yeah." <laughs> Coming out December. I had, I had a pet peeve that yours is just your more work related ones just reminded me of that's recently happened to me. Is I've just had to for my office go through the Dell specs of a whole heap of computers, um, and I was literally getting frustrated by the exact computer like specifications of different models being like, why have you done this? Why is this here? Like. Just, just, and it's, it's probably, there's, it, it has to be something where, like, anybody who doesn't know computers would be like, why does it matter? Mm. But I just look at it and go, well, why have you got this CPU and then four gig of RAM in it? That makes no sense. Why are we doing this to ourselves? And it was just such a minor random thing that I feel like, oh, only a small money amount of people will get. But mm. who, who knows? Like, it's just one of those little things that gets to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man, it's just yeah, this it's hard with those like work related things. It's like until you actually live it and you're and that's your day to day, then sometimes you might explain things to people and they're like, What's the big deal? It's like I've never worked uh in retail, but I could imagine how stressful or frustrating some of those things are where you would want to say something to someone, but you can't because you want to keep your job. So <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess that's what the lunchroom's for, just for the venting and the banter. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the, the moral of the story is, look, guys, don't put your feet on the dashboard, please. <laughs> please don't do that. But, isn't, but I mean, to connect to that, just on the flip side of this pet peeves conversation, isn't it the best thing in the world when you find out somebody else's pet peeve? 
and you can just use it against them for like <laughs> the rest of yeah. like yep. like just anytime we're just... coming to see you Dane feet on the dashboard <laughs> Take on care. The dashboard. even like, if I'm even driving I'm going to fuck Don't that do angle. It. oh mate my kids get me enough I, love... I can't believe how many people do it still I get it <laughs> I love going back to my parents place cuz I know the things that will set my dad off on on a rent mm. and we sit there watching the news every time I'm there and every time I will ask a question or say something on purpose to make him go off on a rant every single time. And I just get him doing that and my mum just giving me the greasiest stare every time. Being like, why are you, Why do you do this every time? You get to leave. I don't. And it's just... It's just, it's just, it's just it's just as soon as you know somebody's pet peeve, it's just something you have to, you know, point out or make fun. Yeah, and I think I'll tell you, uh, what, what one last thing I have is there's something I, I really, really hate is people that are clearly very wealthy, very well off, but they're super stingy. I hate that ah. so much. Just seeing it's... someone that drives like a very expensive Land Rover and they rock up to a garage sale and they're fighting over the price of like a 50 cent item. Yeah. That is just. It, it's one of Has that happened like, often to you? I know you got there yeah. because maybe you've been very conservative with your spending, but you're coming across like the biggest dick. Oh, look, just to quote the famous Roman Pierce from the Fast and Furious uh, franchise, uh, how do you reckon they stay millionaires? You know, they've got to be stingy. Yeah, well. Yeah, but true. then you get to a level. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Like philanthropy you know, or something. I yeah, Mr. The Bezos, you know. Oh, exactly. Everyone's like, oh, wow, like, the huge, huge amount of money. And it's like, in comparison to his overall wealth. Yep. Here's, here's a hundred bucks for, for charity. Mm, very true. Praise me. <laughs> okay. So speaking of things that cost a lot of money, it would cost a lot of money to make a movie, let alone a, your dream video game to movie adaptation. So I'd like to know with you guys, which video game would you love to see as a movie and who would be like the director and the lead actors and sort of which game would it link to? So one of you guys can go first. Uh, I'll go first um, because probably mine will be short and sweet. I actually, um, I found this one a bit hard and challenging, especially with the games being so close to movies as they are. So like my headspace went straight went to um, something the kids have been playing. I uh, went to Untitled Goose Game and I thought, how, how if that'd be cool like as a short disney one maybe they get like danny devito to play as the you know the goose i'm walking here i'm, I'm honking here but i thought nah maybe I'm not honking I'm honking here. <laughs> do um, you make me honky baby like, what the- <laughs> um, but i thought nah nah that won't work and then um i thought someone will probably say what <laughs> no wait untitled goose game would be perfect would it as a movie or maybe untitled goose movie untitled goose movie would be amazing if they do like Get like the director from Paddington or something, and it's just an hour and a half of the goose doing being a dick. So, to so all you wouldn't, sorts of it wouldn't even be, it wouldn't city. even be a short one, Ashley. It'd just be this long no, extended full feature. Could it be a series? Could it be chopped up? Nah, it's a movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it just moves I mean, from in levels. A perfect world, <laughs> in a perfect okay, so, world, it'd just be a bunch of different shorts, like a right, like Mr. Bean or something yeah, like that. Okay. So I suppose which um which. If you want to star an actual animal, which goose actor would play the goose? Ooh, which famous geese? I don't know. Something from Babe, maybe? Or something yeah, that's the movie Rabbit I jumped or... to as well. Yeah. Yeah, that can't. Yeah, there's not many. The, the Hollywood's been stingy on the goose actors. <laughs> that duck in uh, Babe was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, one of the other guys, you can go next. Um, oh, Dane, really... did you have one? Did you have one other than. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sort of. I was um I was I was just gonna say I was gonna say like probably 
what I would like to see, I'd like to see Hellblade turn into a movie. Um, I just, it was just a game that I really enjoyed. Um, it's a game that I think can be fleshed out a lot more with the, um, the stories of the characters. Um, from a director point of view, you know, it's, it's, it's got that, um, you know, that dark fantasy type world. So I'd like to have someone like, I don't know, Peter Jackson, maybe from Lord of the Rings. I think, you know, he would, he would depict that world quite well, I think, but I'd still like to have in that sort of, you know, because it's so heavily story driven, I I think I'd like it just to be like, all right, Ninja Theory, you've got total control. It's all you, the cast, it's all you, you know, it's got to have Melina in it. You know, she's the face and she's everything that, um, uh, Senua is and um and yeah I'd love to see if, if that could be done I'd love to see in the, I'd love to be in a cinema and just like get that experience again like we're playing that game but put it into a movie and get that you know full surround sound 360 with any if, if you guys have played the game you know that full surround sound 360 with the noise and the, the the voices and the whispers and everything else and and just to create a story off that and I but I'm cautiously optimistic I'd be like oh this you know maybe I just maybe I just want to help play too Maybe I just want to play it. It's, Hurry up and get it out now. It's so it's funny because you, you first mentioned, I want them to make Hellblade a movie. I'm like, they already have it. I'll oh, yeah, Hellblade, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not bad. But yeah, no, so like, right. that's the one that I'd like to see. Um, Ashley? Yeah, my mind jumped more to what could actually work because I feel like a lot of video games are just not built to work as films. Mm. They're just like... So my... I just went, you know, through my box of games that I've got. And the one that I fell on was uh, Watch Dogs 2, a uh, game by Ubisoft, um, mm. f- about uh, a bunch of hackers, like, in oh, San Francisco. Movies, yeah, hacker movies yeah. work anyway. I like them. Like, like, some might be like, cheesy, but I like them. Yeah. Have, who here has actually played Watch Dogs 2? Yeah, no, I've played it. I can see that. I could definitely see that oh. as a movie. That'd be, that'd be really good. Yeah, that would be cool. So, in my mind... Uh, Marcus, the lead character in the game who's wrongfully accused of some crime from memory, uh, would be played by Lakeith Stanfield from uh, Atlanta and uh, Get Out and is, is pretty much a fantastic actor coming up. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, Satara, I think her name is, uh, would be played by Geraldine Fis- Nathan from uh, oh, my favourite, from, from, from uh, Miracle, Miracle Workers, Workers, Walkers. And, Walkers and yeah, yeah. Yep, she'd be perfect. Um, I've got Josh, who's like the quiet kid played by Charlie Plummer, who's currently in, uh, or was in, Looking for Alaska, and then was in a couple other smaller all, things. All, I think all the he's money a in the world and stuff like that. All, yeah, I think so, yeah. So, yep. nice, quiet guy. Uh, Wrench, the guy you've probably seen on the promotional material for the game, mm. who has like the crazy face mask. I get Pete Davidson to play him, like a crazy kind of over-the-top kind of comedian, but I feel like any young... Comedian could probably play him. Hmm. Um, Horatio, the other, the sensible other hacker, I guess. Uh, I would have O'Shea Jackson Jr. from Straight Outta Compton and Godzilla yes. King of Monsters to play him. Uh, Raymond Kenny, the old hacker. Uh, I'd get Gary Oldman. I think he oh, could do a pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I mean, Gary Oldman I'd, I'd could watch do Gary Oldman anything. in anything, so I'm already on board. So yeah, and then you've got. Doosan Nemec, who's like the bad guy of the film, a uh, real douchebag kind of guy you want to punch the face. Uh, so I put Andrew Garfield down. <laughs> not that I want to punch <laughs> no, Andrew Garfield. I just th- I'm a fan, but I think he could, you know, he could. It'd be an interesting take for him to do something a bit more different. I think I think the character design looks a lot like uh, um, Jake Gyllenhaal at the moment. So, but uh, yeah. after Spider Man, I feel like uh, yeah, Far From Home, it, it would be a 
bit too much for similar roles. So. Yeah, yeah I get Edgar Wright to make it because he's Oh, that'd be brilliant. good. Yeah, that yeah, definitely that. So like the, the quick cut kind of thing, yeah. Quick cut. And then, you know, Dead Sec, you can spin off into all different other movies. You can go back and do the first one, which I, I didn't want to do the first one because I feel like that's a bit too... That feels like it's like a straight-to-DVD action film. <laughs> okay, okay. But, but yeah. I, I think ideally, like, this sort of thing could be quite successful because you've got the popularity of things like Mr. Robot and all that um, anyway, and, and I'm a fan of, yeah, those hacker films. Even one that kind of yeah. flew under the radar called Black Hat, I was a fan of that. So, yeah, um, I kind of want it to happen now. <laughs> mm. Yep, call me Hollywood. Okay, Kieran, what about yourself? <laughs> I'm I'm always in a really weird place when it comes to video game movies because I think as a media, all the games that we find as fantastic narratives in video games are just going to be disappointing as movies because video games give these narratives time and, and let them flesh out a lot more and let them breathe and, and, and do things that you just wouldn't be able to do it in the normal traditional runtime in movies. Um, and generally, I'm always pretty against video game movies, but I think until recently, I was I was proved wrong by the Witcher series, which isn't a movie, but is is a you know a long form. Well, that's show. based on the books, Kieran. Which is based on the books. <laughs> um, which is even <laughs> then you you watch um you watch that and you can see how the show has put how the showrunners have put their own spin on it and made their own changes. Whether you like those changes or you agree with those changes is another thing, but they made it. But my opinion is always, I don't think it's the exact game that they should remake. I think it's, they should make their own stories in specific settings. Mm. Like the, until they did it recently, until they screwed it up, I always was like, Assassin's Creed could make a fantastic movie. Like, Assassin's Creed, if you just don't have anything connected to Desmond's story, fantastic. Good. Go. Even just have the historical part. Don't worry about the modern day stuff. Fantastic. The Assassin's Creed movie wasn't that great, but it's it's fine. It's okay. Um, I think stuff like having um, a different story set in the same franchise world always works so much better. So yeah. Because you, you, can, you can draw from that lore and material and people's love for the game but give them a new story that people aren't going to be so overly comparing critis- it apples for apples exactly yes yeah. exactly and not criticizing it and letting it stand in its own defeat so i think for me one of the biggest ones has always been gears of war i think gears of war would make a fantastic movie you could you know either get go totally like stupid and put michael bay as the director and just let there be explosions, explosions everywhere <laughs> and and just let it be a stupid movie please or no. you could go a little bit and get tim, tim miller to direct it I think Tim Miller would be really interesting to direct that. Um, with his success from Deadpool, I think it'd be really interesting to see him play around with that. You get, you know, the most muscle-bound meathead actors. You get your Dave Batistas. You get Terry Crews in there. Um, and you just make a really fun movie, a fun action movie in this great setting and this great world that is rich with lore and events happening. Um, you have a great bad guy like the Locust. You, you just have such good tools to play with and i think that's the most important thing is tools to empower your directors and writers to make a good story um i think another one would be something like the dragon age series or the oblivion series i think they're both fantastic you can build something in those worlds and you know or you can build something in more skyrim and you don't have to draw from what the 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 games are you don't even have to touch that stuff you can make your own story in those worlds it'll still connect um 
yes, there has been many times throughout history where video games have tried to do that, where they've written their own story using the source material, or they've just randomly used the, the the name of a movie, the name of a video game to make a movie bigger. The like early two thousands Doom movie is a perfect candidate for that because that movie's terrible. Um, or like Rampage, where they try and make a story out of yes, mm, like yes. Of story. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Where there's so many games where you're like, how do, how did this make a story? Like, how did this? How did you how did you see that and go? You know what? It was a great story. Well, how, how it really went was like, oh, hey, uh, Dwayne Johnson, we were thinking of putting you in a... Oh, yeah, I'll take it. We're going to pay you... Oh, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. That's yeah, fine. I've got five hours in my schedule. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, you definitely touched on a good, uh, lot of good points there, um, Kieran. I, my trouble with any sort of video game stuff is because video games, hence being completely computer-generated graphics is I much prefer there not to be so much CGI in a movie and more practical effects. So it's kind of like, to me, I feel like any of those ones you mentioned, I'd, or say even like the Watch Dogs example, I'd love for them to try and pull it off in a way where they're thinking more about um, how a movie is presented rather than trying to make it gamey by just pumping up the CGI. Like if they could still make it stand almost standalone without that tie to the game uh, I'd prefer that so it's like when things like that uh, was it the Warcraft movie or whatever came out and it was all an animated mm. I gave I had zero interest in watching because it's like it's just another C completely CGI animated fest whatever but, yeah. whereas yeah. you know like things like you know The Witcher require CGI for certain because it's a lot of fantasy based elements but there's still a lot of actual people dressed in costume and stuff in that show so yeah, it to me it's more about the risk of not falling too much into that CGI trap because it's based on a game that is essentially CGI. Yeah, I think I think the video games have a like long history of just not getting it right, and and I think we're coming to a point there where we're like, look, we appreciate that. You know, if, if you can get as close as possible, then we're happy with that because a lot of a lot of the reason why we go and Sonic's a perfect example is for that nostalgia. You know, Sonic's not a perfect movie. But it throws back some really good elements and it allows you as your generation to share with a younger generation. Like I, I took my kids, you know, did I, I, for my own personal opinion, I thought one of the, the highlights, well, two things. One, I liked when he um, did that let clip about the, um, the donut for about t two seconds, like Sergeant Donut <laughs> or whatever. I thought that was good. And then um, there was another, there was a, anyway, so not, not movie related. The dad fell asleep right at the end and one of the kids yelled out, Dad, you have to sleep. You're missing the movie. And like everyone sh bloody wet themselves. <laughs> but they, um, but with the, just getting that chemistry right. And it's the same thing. Like I look at it as anime as well. When they take this franchise and they're like, right, we're going to take, you know, we're going to make this live action movie. You know, look, let's look at Death Note, for example. Yeah, oh well, yeah. So, like, I mean, like, you could pick it. Like, let's look at Dragon Ball. Yay. You know, like, all oh. these things <laughs> that they just trashed and burned because they didn't invest the time and the rest of it. They took a franchise that they knew that would get bums on seats and, you know, and, you know, it is what it is. But a lot of it, a lot of it carries nostalgia. And I think Sonic's a big example of that. And I think if you can get as close as you possibly can and you can take the time and show it respect and get the original, you know, the original creators as, if you can and so on, there's a real art to it. Um, but I don't, I, do we, is it ever going to get it right? I don't know. I can't pick it. I can't pick one that's, that's got it perfect. Yeah, I think the, the, the closest to me in terms of a, a movie that I left that's based on a video game um, would be Detective Pikachu. Mm. Um, just because I, I think visually they, they look really great. Um, and while, yeah, you know, 
storyline, not the strongest, they still made some sort of storyline out of it. Yeah. And I, I too, for me, I went and saw Sonic as well. And I was, because I don't have quite that nostalgic connection to Sonic. Mm. I was definitely, he was all around when I was growing up, but because I didn't own the Sega systems, I wasn't really playing the games. And so I was I was purely there for Jim Carrey and I, I loved it for that fact. Yeah. But um, overall, you know, just a good, fun family film, yeah. pretty much. Absolutely. Is anybody worried about the Uncharted movie? Because Uncharted is so... For me, it's going to rest solely on how Tom and Holland plays that version of Nathan Drake. Um, and even even then, I've recently, for some random reason, I've just recently rewatched the fan-made Uncharted movie that came out a couple years ago. Oh, with yes. Nathan yeah, that was Fillion great. As Drake. And Nate, Nathan Fillion, you watched him and you went, that's, that's, that's Nathan Drake. Mm. Like that, that right there is Nathan Drake. That's 100% him. That's awesome. And that's, that makes it even harder for Tom Holland's Nathan Drake to be, even though he's playing a younger version that we've never not really seen or experienced that mm. much, it's still like, okay, are we going to sit there in the movie theaters and go, yeah, yeah, that's Drake. That's, that's Drake coming through. Like, we can actually see that. And that's, that's super worrying, especially when we have so much time. As I've already mentioned, we have so much time when we connect with these characters and, and play with these characters and, and, and live and breathe with these characters. That's why it's like another one, like why I would never want them to make a Last of Us movie. I'd never well, want to. Well, to me, for- it's kind of like, like, at least what I've heard, all the stuff I've heard about uh, that game from listening to like your guys' coverage of and experience with it, is it kind of feels like it, it doesn't even need it because the game no. is kind of like a movie anyway. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's a, narrative um i think it's the closest thing of being like a narrative masterpiece that games really ever get too close to to. yeah to me i feel like if they did make a movie of it it'd almost be like how they did the new lion king versus the old lion king it's kind of like after the end you're like sort of like what's the point it's so like that like let's visually make it different but it's then lacking the the impact and the and the character and the emotion because they've just wanted to make it look modern so or even for me, like you know, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, they're my Joel and Ellie. Like I couldn't see anybody else playing those characters. Yeah. Even yeah. though they're just voice acting those characters, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Even if they um they actually after Last of Us came out a little while later, they actually did like an on stage show version of it. Um, where they oh, did wow. select scenes with Troy and Ashley and a lot of the other actors in them. Mm. And even just with those onstage performances, you could tell that they were the characters. Yeah. Like, yes. it, it, they're so ingrained in those characters that it would be so hard for anybody else to play them for me. My one is one that's been long awaited, and I think, is it still in maybe potentially a TV series? Is The Legend of Zelda as a film. Um, I would like Guillermo del Toro to direct it. I think he's done enough, obviously with his involvement with costumes and the fantasy elements and that, I think he could make a really interesting, you know, visual sort of production for it. Uh, the lead actors I'd choose would be, uh, Nicholas Holt as, as Link. Um, so you may remember him from when he was a kid in, in about a boy and then up to shows like Skins and things like that. I feel like he visually has an elven like quality to his face but he also has kind of like strong angular facial features without being too buff or too manly so i feel like he's kind of like pretty enough to pull off link 
Um, I would go with uh, probably Florence Pugh as Princess Zelda and Sheik. I'd want to have the Sheik part in the film. Um, I think she's a great actor, an up-and-coming one. She could pull off that princess-like appearance, but also the badassery of Sheik. Um, someone also had suggested to me, because I'd posted this online in response to a tweet, um, they suggested Elle Fanning, who I think would visually suit Princess Zelda, but I don't really like her acting skills as much and she's already done a prince, <laughs> print princessy fantasy thing anyway. Um, yeah. So I'd, write, I'd much prefer Florence Pugh. Um, and the, the last character I could think of is I'd love to have Ganondorf in it and for me it'd be Andy Serkis. Um, I think not only because he's just like a master motion capture actor, but he could, you could adapt like Ganondorf's menacing smile and his prominent facial features like large nose and all that to Andy's face quite well. Um, that being said, I'm, I'd go more along the lines of what you said, Kieran, where, um, you know, they could do an obvious go-to story of Ocarina of Time, but I feel like it's very risky because there's a very much cult status with that game. So I wouldn't want a direct adaptation of a particular game, but perhaps like an alternate or additional story from something that's around that time. So if you think of, say, like how Majora's Mask has this parallel environment to Hyrule with um, in Ocarina of Time, you could maybe do something around that era of events um, in a completely different story, but it still involves those characters. Um, I'm not sure I what you guys think. The biggest problem with, Zelda, with The Legend of Zelda is Link. Like, doing, like, him not speaking for that entire movie, yet he kind of needs to carry that movie would be so hard to do. And if you did decide to make the directorial decision to make him talk, that would I that would be a yikes. Mm. Yeah. Mind you though, um Nicholas Holt spent most of warm bodies not speaking, so maybe he could pull it off. <laughs> there was a lot of inner there was a lot of inner narrative in that. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's it is a tough one. There would be so much judgment from it, but I've literally been saying for years, um, ever since I saw when he him in his adult form, I was kind of like, he could totally pull off uh, Link. Someone actually suggested um, Kristen Stewart as Link uh, to me online, um, which would, I can't even imagine the backlash, <laughs> uh, the Twitter fury. But that being said, she actually does have the facial features even more so um, yeah, that to, would be to pull off Link. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't think that would go down too well, unfortunately. That would be People cool. can't handle risky... Uh, risks being taken so i'd like to watch it be great yeah yeah okay so um yeah i think i think the secret to a good video game movie is knowing which ones not to make (laughs) a hundred percent yeah Um, Yeah, but i really wanted i I never watched that pac-man movie was that (laughs) oh did you did you did you though i do just make it good (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how just good. Yeah, I feel like Hollywood's like, hey, this doesn't work, but we're going to try and make think... it work. And then they end up making it terrible. I don't think Hollywood could ever get Goku right. Mm, or, or, like, I agree. I, I don't, don't even give think it not to in like give 90 it... minutes. Yeah. I don't know. Even just Goku as a character is so flawed and almost stupid to a point. If he wasn't Goku, I think more people would be so like, what the hell is this character? And I think getting that across to a Western, to a to an audience that might not be perfectly familiar with him, on top of that, bringing him into live action where you're like, okay, this is you've got to like you've got to get his charm 
but at the same time you have to get his like obliviousness and just total ignorance to situations. Oh, it's it's dead easy to me. You've got the fast-paced style action of Snowpiercer and the recent Oscar success of Parasite, so get that guy to make Dragon Ball Z. Perfect. Get it done. <laughs> Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. <laughs> get it done. <laughs> Stop casting. Okay, so he's excited to be here. It's Explosion Network's Ashley Hobley, whose topic <laughs> is... Ashley? Let's talk about politics. Let's talk about <laughs> politics. And what in uh, particular with politics are you asking? I don't know. I think it's all of it. I mean... <laughs> politics question mark? <laughs> politics question mark? It, I, I just feel a bit maybe jaded. I feel like, especially we're recording this the day after the American Democratic super candidacy delicate, whatever they call it, Super Tuesday. Um, and uh, looks like Joe Biden's going to be the... Uh, the uh, candidate for the Democrats. Bernie Sanders oh. still putting in a good fight. Um, but I feel like it's going to be more of the same. Um, and I've, I feel like there's no getting around it. Politicians are going to be the, exactly the same. They don't really do a lot. It feels like might, they might make small changes here and there, but like the big changes that we all want, like Bernie Sanders wants Medicare for everybody. Obama wanted to do all cool stuff. <laughs> we w- we want good internet. This crazy notions that it feels like none of them will ever happen with any of the people currently in politics. Um, yeah, because like the the issue it always comes down to is someone on the campaign trail, um, and they very much will have the intentions to deliver on said things they're campaigning about. But when it actually comes to putting it through, they've obviously got to come up against so many other different people and others different stages to even get it through so you know like like the bernie sanders situation you know he could it would be awesome or awesome if he could deliver that for america get in and deliver that but all the different stuff he'd have to go through to even make that possible um it's like much as we know you know if you're the president you're the prime minister you don't actually have the final say um so it's always a tough one um because typically well say in australia you get someone will get in and then they've either broken promises or they've tried and then something's got rejected so let, let me ask you guys this question name one australian politician that you actually like uh the premier of yeah. wa mark mcgowan and, and i'll maybe biased because i just met him but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, no, but honestly i've actually in terms of um genuinely following like someone's activity and, and what they're doing, someone that's actually in the position of power and delivering upon what they campaigned for when they, you know, came up against in, in the, um, in the state elections. Um, I just think it's sort of going from strength to strength, you know, and to actually see stuff happening. Um, and a lot of stuff that I agree with, um, and stuff that is sometimes controversial that they, he's managed to win win over like the state with like in a lot of instances WA is a lot like Queensland we've got um filled with very much a, a lot of kind of re- regressive people I guess and <laughs> so I just I think that's really cool that he can achieve something like that so um but then I always feel like it's a different ball game on a countrywide level when you're comparing actual prime minister versus your state because state they can they have the ability to actually deliver certain things whereas when you're trying to Pass something for the entire of Australia. It's is an entirely different ball game. Can yeah. I say it blows my mind 
how many people in Australia seem to care more about the American politics than they do about Australian politics. But like it 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 absolutely blows my mind the amount of Australians I hear and see talking about the American elections at the moment, but you're like I don't see you talking about Australian politics at all. Like what? Like it's it's so it's so ridiculous to me. I think uh, Australia, and that's not that's not a sign of just you know people being too infatuated with the American pol- political system or anything like that, or just America in general, or just America in general. For me, it's also that Australian politics is a sham. <laughs> at a federal <laughs> level, Australian politics is so ridiculous. When was the last time we had a prime minister that didn't get booted out of their seat early, that oh like God. was properly like you know that properly served their term and did a did a decent job at it? We haven't in so long. I moved to Australia in two thousand and seven. Um, when I Kevin came from 07. <laughs> Kevin 07. And, and I came in at Kevin 07. Still one of the best marketing then, campaigns ever. That just rolls off the tongue. I love it, that. It was it was good, and I remember it being you know very there, and I was like, okay, this is different. And also at the same time, currently I'm like, thank God I got out of England because Brexit and all that f- malarkey is behind me, and I don't have to care about it. But I still can't believe that Boris Johnson doesn't actually have a proper stylist. Like, I can't that believe that Boris Johnson like that. Like, I, I, know I can't Trump, believe I know Boris Trump Johnson's president. How, uh, Prime how, I, how Prime does he actually look same. like that? <laughs> I, I remember before I left, I remember Boris Johnson being the mayor of London who just said ridiculous things out of nowhere, who was just, you know, he was just crazy old Boris Johnson. And I remember yeah. being totally, just for a good period of time, just not really following English politics. But I remember one day randomly seeing an article saying Boris Johnson was prime minister. And I was like, what? What the hell? What? How? <laughs> who let this happen? Like, how it's, did this it's the exact become a same thing? thing with the Trump thing? Everyone thought it was, was laughing it's, when it's when exactly. he entered the race. And and it's it's so different with Australian politics is that you know we've had so long where because prime ministers keep getting booted out of their seat, it's making the Australian public think that the vote doesn't matter. Mm. We're not actually voting for our prime minister. No, we, like, well, so we never were. Really, <laughs> yeah, the really hard thing with all of this is that we honestly we really should people should be caring and, and researching and that in Australian politics, because when they throw their vote away, a lot of people that are undecided or don't give a crap, they are the most influenced by whoever has the most advertising dollars. And that's how mm-hmm. we end up with a, okay, say so the last election we had, um, you know, it, polls wise, it very, mo- very much looked like, you know, say um, Labour was going to dominate. And then, you know, then Oof. you have Scott Morrison with like not presenting any policy and pumping shitloads of money into scare tactics that basically in the end all people saw was Clive Palmer and liberal based adverts fear adverts and that's instantly they're just like oh well I better go for this guy because he's going to save me from a death tax do you know what I mean like it's 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 absolutely ridiculous that money is actually what speaks at the end of the day in terms of um, Australian politics and that just frustrates you so much because as someone who's actually um, much more interested in what's going on um, and say like, okay, this party here that they're presenting all these great policies, but because a lot of people have switched off politics because of all this change of leadership, they're like, they're not even entertaining the fact. They're not even looking at these policies and thinking this could be really great. They're like, I don't understand any of it. My vote doesn't count. And that's how we end up where we are. After this summer, are you guys surprised Scott Morrison is currently still prime minister? 
Oh, hell yeah. I was waiting for him to be, you know, canned. Somebody to start a... Someone, uh, uh, surely someone would have stabbed him in the back right now, unless they've got so many dead prime ministers that... Uh, well, I mean, really the, person, <laughs> the person that's knocking on his door is, um, is Peter Dutton. He's still, he's still hanging out there. Um, <laughs> and that would be... That would be me. worse. Like, like Scott <laughs> Morrison <laughs> is uh, useless. Um, I don't care if this is switching people off anyone that does like him off unsubscribe of <laughs> this podcast i don't give a crap it's all right it's not your main it's fine but but peter dutton would be a lot worse to be honest like actually actually hateful if you know what i mean like actually having the intent to like there's, mean... there's there's not doing something and then there's actually actively doing something very aggressively it, negative at the same time for, for it, it, when you look at it there's no Australian political leaders that imbue me with any sense of like trust or thinking confidence. that they could or just any confidence at all. Nobody gives me any confidence because if you look through Australian history, there's a general trend that happens that Labour gets in, Labour spends money and gets Australia into a whole heap of debt, and then Liberals come in. And liberals have to then try and fix the debt, and they do things that people don't like, which then ends up with... And it just keeps going in this horrific cycle of spending and then trying to recoup that spending. Um, the issue that, that I have is that <laughs> that is the idea that people have in their head, where it's like, you've got people that are like, I don't want to be in debt, I'm going to vote for this party, who, when you actually factually look at it, are not great economic managers at all. Uh, correct. If you know, if you know what I mean. So there's this narrative going that like, oh, they're going to get our money back, sort of thing. But then in that, because they're cutting everything, there's no investment into future-proofing things and stuff that we need, and ignoring fa things like climate change. And so there is there is no forward thinking. So it, it's just so frustrating to me that people are so concerned with like, I don't want to be in debt, but it's kind of like. Well, where what have you spent to help Australia keep running and to ensure its future? Do you, do you, like honestly, like it scares me as someone with young kids as to kind of like, but like all this stuff that could have been set up for the future generations is being just axed because people want to hold on to their freaking like mining money and shit. It's um, I I don't want to go off on a bit of too much of a rant, but this is the type of stuff that actually <laughs> really gets me. Mm. Like frustrated, it's so frustrating because like you're yelling at almost. people and you don't you don't want to be that person online. No, I, I think you're just passionate yelling, about it, Simon. That's all. Yeah, it's just yeah, I don't know. It's it's a hard thing. Mm. I'll, I'll look. You you guys are all over the politics. I'll come from a different angle. I feel, and if I'm being completely honest, uh, I'm very very disconnected from politics. The same way I'm very disconnected from you know media. And that's a choice that I make. It's not a right. It's not a right or wrong choice. It's just a choice. Um, you know, I look at when I look at federal elections. When I look at you know local council elections, I stay within my bubble. I look at what's important to me. What do I feel is important to you know my community, my family? I look at things that attract to me. My wife's a teacher. Anything towards education, you know, is so important. Um, anything with regards to you know children, education, all things like that. Um, anything to do with, you know, public transport, obviously that's in my world as well. And also looking at the bigger picture, I'm all about the finance. So, you know, I don't really care about the chest beating, the spins, the sledging or anything like that. I look at, you know, the clients that I look after, what's in their best interest, you know, is this super contributions tax or super contribution caps is going to affect them? Are they going to take away franking credits? Are they going to talk, you know, talk about, um, you know, cuts, superannuation contributions, like all this stuff, all this lingo is basically within my world. And I guess it's a choice. It's a choice that I make 
that I'm very selective as to what I take in and how my decision is made. So, um, yeah, and it's just a different approach. I know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are very passionate, like Simon, like yourself, that, you know, that, that really, you know, digest a lot of this information and feel that, you know, putting your head in the sand is, you know, the worst thing you can do and throwing your vote away and all this. And I don't, and I don't feel that I throw my vote away at all. I, I feel that I make an informed decision based on what, what I feel is important to me, what's important to my world and the people within it. Um, I feel that for me personally, if I get consumed in, you know, all of the noise, I call it, that goes on and deciphering what is true, what is not, you know, what the media says that this guy did wrong when he should have done this and so on and so forth. Um, man, like all that sort of stuff. And like, I don't want to get into it too heavily, but I guess that's sort of just some context. And like in a little bit deeper as well is that, you know, I grew up in a household uh, where, you know, we, we grew up in a very labor orientated household. You know, it was the blue collar. My dad was, you know, very blue collar. It was all about the unions and helping, you know, the common people and, and so on and so forth. And then, you know, as I progressed into, you know, the financial sector, it was more about, you know, the liberal side of things more so because that's what, you know, that's what basically ran what we do. And that was the, you know, what affected our clients and, and, and so on and so forth. So, Oh, that's how I sort of view it. I view it as I'm very selective as what I take in. Um, I try and, you know, not take too much noise in. Um, I keep it within my world, my circles, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I think it's really having the patience to wade through all that crap and actually cut through the noise, as you said, and try and focus on, like, to me, if you don't have a it's probably actually better if you don't have a particular pre-existing allegiance to a party and you're actually looking more at, okay, what are the policies they're presenting? Cause that's what that, that is literally what, how they're trying to win voters during, get voters in during that campaign. So it's kind of like if, yeah, if you are, if you can separate yourself from that and as, as you say, Dane, you've kind of disconnected yourself from that, especially a lot of the media stuff. Cause that's really very, can be very one-sided, you know, either way. Um, yeah, I I think that's that's probably the smartest way to go about it for someone that's not actively following along all the time. Yeah. I'm not sure about you guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't follow it religiously or anything. Obviously, Australian politics, I feel like I'm not super into. I feel like the American stuff is mostly because of like shows like The Daily Show and Colbert when it used to run back in the day and those kind of late night shows that I feel like America obviously especially probably mostly these last four years have been freaking crazy obviously mm. with Trump that whole mm. rise of Donald Trump into the presidency is was uh a crazy ride to be perfectly honest and then to yeah. see the semi-sequel in the Brexit over in England uh <laughs> where where it, it it it's hard because I feel like on Twitter there's a certain Everybody has the same similar voice, I feel like, or at least the people you see within your bubble have the same opinion, and you yeah, think that's the majority, chamber. and yeah. then you find out that nobody is on the same side. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it, yeah. It can be hard to take. Um, and and, that's, and then, the, that's the hardest thing for, say, exactly as you touched on earlier with the whole like democratic thing and sort of this infighting per se, is that everyone is really wanting the, you know, a lot of people have been yearning for more progressive politics and that's more in the face of someone like Bernie Sanders and right. And so when you kind of like end up looking like it's going to settle for someone that's still under that democratic banner, but is not providing the solutions that people are fighting for. That's why everyone's just kind of like, you serious? It's like, 
the, the to them it's it's like we've we with things like that ongoing panic of things like we need to be acting on climate change and various other things like that and people that are more conservative very much not entertaining that that side of of things and not even covering it in politics and just shushing it away people are, are feel like there needs to be like a catch up if you know what i mean and so it's like if mm. if the person that is uh in opposition or that is looking you know going up in the polls doesn't hold enough of that sort of like progressive politics then a lot of people feel let down and a lot of people already with this whole joe biden thing have already people that you know i speak to and see comment on that i just I, I kind of like okay well may as well just write away the next four years and we'll readdress it then do you know what i mean like it's and and it's yeah it's it's the same thing that happened in australia it's like th this should have been the climate change election and then it didn't end up being because the other side got in and then that's how we end up with this whole climate change bushfires debate so yeah yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's a hard one. I feel like the problem is politics so much of the time is about winning more yeah. than doing serving the people. Like, especially with these, seeing all the tweets over the last couple of days, people saying Elizabeth Warren should have dropped out. If you voted for her, then you've you're screwing it. That you people trying to game this voting system, I guess, uh, to get the force people to vote for the person they want and i guess biden they think is a person who has got the greatest chance to go one-on-one -on -one with donald trump um but is he the best candidate uh that's up for debate but uh again i feel like it's it it doesn't help with these life politicians as well who are more concerned with keeping their seat or keeping their job rather than yeah. helping people or doing what's in the best interests of other people i mean you only need to bring up the subject of gun control and you go in America, uh, that politicians uh, are more concerned with keeping their job than they are with um, doing what's right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know. I don't. It. I think. Yeah, with the more extremes and the more division we have with with online articles and clickbait headlines and media outlets serving only one side of the picture and things like that, it's like. Earlier on, when Kieran said about how we're more connected, we are also more divisive. I feel like people are just so worked up because everyone's just yelling and expressing something from behind a keyboard. So, yeah, it it just feels like the some and, and people often do this. They just go, "I've got to just take a break from social media because it's kind of like I've just got to get away from everyone yelling at each other." Um, and it kind of makes me anxious as to okay, how are we actually going to sort of agree on things. On the media, I think it's it's the media is not helping because they're always talking to the craziest freaking people, yeah, politicians. I mean, the fact that Pauline Hanson is back in government boggles my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and we've had a slew of them, slew of like crazy kind of pretty much offensive people in government, they getting voted in a lot, and then they show up in the media as like news every single night. And that's why people, I think, are losing trust in, like, the the political system. Because we can't get the best people in. Because they, who would want to be a politician, honestly? If you're a right-minded person with who can have better options, why would you choose to be a politician? 
I think, um, yeah, it is interesting you say, like, how can Pauline Hanson return? And my instant reaction to that was, I don't like it. So, um, yeah, I think that would probably be a good point to end our politics, <laughs> politics topic, unless anyone has any last thoughts. No feet on the dashboard. People should vote. No feet on the dashboard still. My God. Policy. <laughs> yep. Go. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd love, I'd I think it, it is like technically Dane, illegal. I'd love it if Dane could find, like, finally, he's like, okay, I'm going to spend a bit more time in politics. He finds someone that really speaks to him, really resonates with him, to use a, a Dane term. And then he sees a picture of them on holiday with their feet on the dashboard. Eat, eat, eating a paddle pop stick. Chewing a paddle pop stick. Licking a paddle pop oh, stick. Rubbing the bottom of a terracotta with, pot. With a spider in the car. Hand. That's it. I'm done. Chewing a sponge. Oh. It's just... I think I uh, know what I'm doing on this weekend for a photo shoot. That's uh, <laughs> <not> me, buddy. <laughs> uh, all right. And with that, we wrap up the uh, 2020s first episode of Summer Assembly Required. So I'll give our lovely guests the chance to to let us know what they do and where to find them. So, Kieran, Explosion Network, tell us about it. Oh, ExplosionNetwork.com. You can find me on my Twitters, at your boy Ringo, or Explosion, at ExplosionPod if you're on the Explosion Network Twitter. Make sure you check us out. Check me out on Arcade Couch. And this month, we have some new podcasts coming out. So if you enjoy Fast and Furious, our Fast and Furious Watch Along podcast does begin it's called It's About Family. It's going to be fantastic. And if you like anime or want to jump into the amazing um, direction of Studio Ghibli, um, we have the animated wonders of Studio Ghibli. We're watching all the Studio Ghibli movies um, coming out later this month as well. So uh, join us there. Keep an eye on ExplosionNetwork.com for all your gaming, TV, and media goodness in news and everything. That sounds awesome. Awesome. And what I love is the fact that upon listening to shows with yourself uh, in it, Kieran, is I have adopted into my vocabulary, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. He just, exactly. he just nails there it. Go. There's that certain there frequency. Um, but speaking <laughs> of nailing it, someone that is just dominating with their podcast in terms of something that is just such a great go-to source of a topic that's not often talked about is Dane with Pushing Through Blue. So can you tell us about your Thanks, show? Thanks, mate. Too kind. Uh, yeah, so I have a, a, a mental health podcast. It's a mental health awareness podcast. It's called Pushing Through Blue. Um, it can be found across most of your podcast platforms. We've actually just um, created a website, um, www.pushingthroughblue.com. Um, yeah, and it's I, I'm very fortunate to have people come on, um, guests from um, all walks of life, uh, come on and have a chat about their own mental health experiences. And we're all about sharing those awarenesses uh, through our own stories and experiences, having those honest conversations um, and just breaking that stigma um, surrounding mental health and mental illness and, um, you know, just creating that awareness and that it ain't eat, uh, weak to speak and, you know, um, you know, you don't, you don't have to, um, you can you always, always have a chat, you know, and uh, yeah, check out the podcast. Uh, hopefully it's something that you find value into. If it is, let me know. Uh, and definitely share it within your um, circles. That'd be greatly appreciated. Awesome. That is very solid advice. And uh, speaking of other shows that you can check out, if you're into music, my show, Take My Tone, uh, it's myself and a different guest each week. We each choose a song, give it to the other to listen to, and basically, yeah, record our reactions to kind of introduce each other into our taste of music, our world, and basically also trying to force myself out of my own musical limitations that I had. Um, I've discovered a lot of great new music on the way that I never would have actively come across myself so if that sounds like your thing and you want to just discover something that 
might be outside your comfort zone. Um, you can listen to Take My Tone in all the podcast services and check out takemytone.com. And lastly, we have another member uh, bursting onto the scene. It's Ashley of Explosion Network. So which uh, Explosion Network podcasts are you involved in, Ashley? Uh, I do play Arcade Couch, Ashley, on the before-mentioned Arcade Couch. Uh, <laughs> also host, what do you want to watch? A Explosion Network's media podcast where we talk about TV, movie, online content, uh, and talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, we also do, like, review discussions on that channel, on that podcast feed, and all sorts of stuff. Also co-host the number one PlayStation podcast in the Oceania's Platinum Explosion. You can find that every Wednesday now. Uh, and then <laughs> all the podcasts Kieran mentioned, you go to explosionnetwork.com uh, with for our news, reviews, other podcasts that are no longer with us or gone fishing. Uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Ashley Hobley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, H-O-B-L-E-Y, it's a thing. So joining Ashley Hobley on Twitter and Kieran on Twitter with your boy Ringo, uh, Dane, yourself, you can be found at... Dane Peavy, D-A-N-E-P-E-V-Y. And myself at Precise Path. And any of the topics we've dis- uh, discussed tonight, and you want to let us know what you would do without in survival, what your pet peeves are, what video game you would love to see as a film, and if politics is just a load of crap, or if you well, really want to see Trump win the next election, please don't comment because we will. No, block please you. comment because then I know who to block. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and that wraps up the first episode of 2020 of Some Assembly Required. Catch you later. See, the see the funny thing is, when you used to say, yeah, boy, it used to be, yeah, buddy. And then you had to stop doing that. Because I, I keep saying he's not here. <laughs> <laughs>